Hey everybody, this is Margaret Cho. Welcome to Monsters of Talk. I'm here with Jim Short. Hello. <laughs> Monsters of Talk. Monsters of Talk. We'll talk your ear off. <laughs> we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk. It's like so um I, I just thought the Monsters of Talk was a kind of a funny I, I don't know why I thought it was a funny title, but I thought um they they had the Monsters of Rock, of course. Mm-hmm. And then the Monsters of Folk. <laughs> folk, the, folk that, monsters. Well, they had that that, that big tour they with, exist? yeah, M Ward and um, Connor Obst, and mm-hmm. um, some other, uh, I think some other uh, some other indie people. Um, they did the the monsters of folk, and I thought, well, we should do the monsters of talk. And then I did a search, and I didn't find one um, another podcast that was monsters of talk. So that's our name this week. Well, that's good because it's hard to find. Like you get a great idea. And then you, you're afraid to search for it in case, like, some other bastard already has it. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, it's us. It's us. That's who we are, at least for right now. Um, and we have our first guest. Our first guest. Our very first guest, Selene Luna. Hi, everybody. Uh, Selene Luna is a wonderful comedian, actress. Thank um, you. Dancer. Lots of other things. Thanks. And uh, Stoner. Yes, also, stoner. By the way, I love mon- Monsters of Talk because it gives you that total rock and roll, like, element. Yeah, I, I like that too. I mean, and um, Jim was saying also that it does give that Castle Donington effect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it does kind of, it gives a sort of a heavy metal. It's totally head, like headbanger, you know, podcast. Sort of a headbanger's ball kind of thing. Yes. But also at the same time, it's like, um, you know, it's sort of announcing that we've arrived uh-huh. <laughs> on the podcast scene. Uh-huh. <laughs> in our second podcast, you know, you know, we've got a lot to say. Uh-huh. We are monsters. And I think... Um, yeah, it's it's fun. We've had we sort of a a monstrous evening tonight. We we did a lot of things tonight. We went to go see, um, which I participated in. Um, Jeff Ross's The Burn. Yes, it was great. It was great. Yeah, it was great. Well, Jim wrote all these wonderful jokes for me. Hilarious. Which is wonderful. We had some. It's it's nice because it's it's great when you just like the 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 uh, the assignment is write some nasty shitty things about people, <laughs> and you go okay yeah let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's really it was really it was really a lot of fun and and um so so we had so many jokes there and um so uh you know they they have like certain topics they roast certain people like they were roasting Lance Armstrong so um you know the big story about him is that he was uh on Oprah mm-hmm. and um so you know I was like oh he's on Oprah oh shit is he coming out no he's actually not coming out um he he was admitting that he was um doping this whole time that he was on performance enhancing drugs i just can't believe that it took oprah for him to admit what we already knew yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> he's been on really drugs. like i i don't know what is it about oprah that just like the truth serum I guess, you know, he just had to have that one nut roasting on Oprah's fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get to all these jokes that... All these, these jokes. These great, <laughs> these great jokes that Jim wrote. The irony is that Oprah is using a dope to enhance her ratings. <laughs> I did that wrong. She's doping. She's doping. She's doping. She's using a dope. She's doping. He's the dope. Um, but, uh, you know, he's going to end up with a new book and a movie called Vicious Cycle. <laughs> that was a good one too. I like that one. That's I like a really that one. good one. I like that one. Yeah. Well, I just think you know his ball was to the wall, <laughs> and he needed Oprah to. Uh, Oprah had him by the ball. <laughs> she squeezed hard. She didn't even have to use the whole hand. She said, "Listen, you bastard." Just one ball. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know about drugs, and I. I to me, it's like 
if you're going to win the Tour de France, you won the Tour de France no matter what drugs you took. I mean... And if they're all on drugs, then you're the best drug addict that won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's my, my only issue is like, wait, are they... Is everybody across the board on drugs? Because if they're not, then it's not fair. Yeah, they should all be on drugs. Yeah, they should all be on drugs. Like, it's all or nothing. You in or you out. Yeah, I think there's just a few people that weren't on drugs, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I totally don't know. Yeah. A, cu- a couple of guys, on just not on drugs, mm-hmm. at the back, going, look at all these <laughs> drug addicts beating me. Yeah, it's look sad. Look at all these dopers. That's sad to be the only person not on drugs in the Tour de France. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and God bless them, you know, for trying to do it right. I. But if nobody's doing it right, then you're not even on the same scale. Why does the competition even exist at this point? If yeah. everyone, if you got to do drugs to even participate, I'm like, well, I, I don't understand. It's just, just have a tweaker event. Like, I know, you know, like, let's just, just have like a big tweaker, like a meth Olympics. Yeah, just let's just Wouldn't call it what it is. Just yeah. Like, then I'll be there. Like, I mean, not as a participant, but in the audience. And have that. you ever taken yeah. crystal meth? I have. I've done every drug. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. you ever wanted to ride a bike after that? No, I am the least active person. That's another <laughs> reason why this like cycling world is just so off my radar. I don't, it's active. I don't care about it. <laughs> just, I know. It's like, oh, everybody come back. You, you reached the finish line. Come back. Stop. You're in Switzerland. Come back. <laughs> well, I mean, I, yeah, I just, um, I kind of like that Kraftwerk song. Yeah. That Tour Wait, de have you tried meth? Song. Uh, yeah, I have, I have, I have taken quite a lot of meth in my yeah. lifetime. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's been, it's been a long time. I mean, yeah. I, I, um, I always have nasal problems, so I, I'm never good yeah. at like inhaling anything. So if I had to take meth, I would probably have to smoke it. Yeah. Took, did you smoke it or did you sniff it? I uh, whatever you can do with it, I did it. Mm-hmm. And um, but I I um even back in the day, I mean, and for the record, I don't do that shit anymore. But um, I I still uh, I still preferred coke because mm-hmm. I liked the back drip. Oh, it's so disgusting. <laughs> Isn't that a movie it's with so... Billy Baldwin? Back drip. <laughs> back drip. It's so I've funny. seen that. I'm in that. <laughs> You're in that. I'm in back drip. <laughs> What about you, Jim? Have you done math? No, I haven't, but I, I'm thinking about pitching a new show called Biking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> These people, just, they just, they just uh, he's, a, he's a bicyclist and he sells meth in his spare time. That's a good idea. Yeah, a big good show. <laughs> he sells meth and, um, and, and wristbands. And fixes and flats. <laughs> That's, that was my favorite joke about, uh, you know, what's the, the effect on his fans. And just, uh, I think, you know, just the fact that he got all these people to wear yellow cock rings around their wrist. <laughs> That's that's I think that's his major achievement right there. That's what he did. Yeah. Live strong. He should be proud of that. That's what Oprah should be talking about. Right. <laughs> the Wait, yellow stupid cock rings. <laughs> well, that's the other thing too. It's like you know, apparently, like he not only was the, the cheat and all that stuff, but apparently he had this massive ego, and it was all about him winning. Mm-hmm. And I love that he, you know, everybody claims about he's got this big ego, but he has to go apologize to the woman who started her own network. <laughs> like that's 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 like you know humble before the real ego here yeah wait yeah. so that's what it is oprah is the showbiz version of going to the principal's office oh, right wow. that's, she's that's, like that's hollywood's deep. principal yeah <laughs> armstrong the principal needs to see you right now <laughs> yeah. oh shit he, he got pulled out of class <laughs> yeah you have to carry a big like eraser to go <laughs> over to her office i mean it's really you know gail's the secretary <laughs> She'll let you in, maybe. Uh-huh. 
maybe she'll give you a sanitary pad <laughs> it's weird though like yeah that's you're so right is that is that um oprah's kind of like the moral compass mm-hmm. of like when you have something to confess you go yeah. and you do it in front of oprah or you talk to her about it and yeah. somehow she's absolving you yeah or goes up with you or goes up against you or <laughs> i'm not sure what she is but she it's really such is. a weird cultural dynamic we've got with oprah it's she has us all by the nuts. Yeah, or the nut. Or nut. <laughs> the nut. The nut. The one nut. But I'm curious. So, so like, you don't? Do you think like it's bad for for athletes to to use performance enhancing drugs? I don't think it's bad I've, as long as people know about it. I think it's fine. I yeah. If people know about it, then I only think it's bad. Wait, I only think it's bad because people lie about it, and not everyone's doing it. Right. If everybody but, was doing it, it would be like a level. But if everybody's field. on the same, you know, level on the same playing field, and they're out about it, then big deal, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. He came out, right? He came out with it because it was because uh, he was on Oprah. It was on Oprah. He came out. He was out. He's out about it. He was out about it. <laughs> but you've never taken any performance enhancing drugs. I I think I take performance unenhancing drugs. <laughs> Performance, to take away a performance from like you know debilitating drugs yes <laughs> coffee and all yeah, that stuff that you know just gets you all well Gemma's I don't think you I don't believe you've ever t- not in my presence anyway but I don't think you've ever had a drug or a drink in your life is that true that's yeah that's that's it yeah oh, wow. I'm, now I feel like I'm I'm like the anti Lance Armstrong no I'm I mean like, it's I'm, just uh, I'm called before to uh, to uh, answer for my non-doping Almost. That's great. I mean, it's wait. So, how, what's your take on it? Like, as far as should drugs be allowed? Or on this thing, there? first off, I really don't care about bicycle people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny that everybody's like up in arms, like, but you know, if you if you went, if you if you didn't know about this and you went to somebody and said, "What do you think about bicycle races in France?" They go, "Fucking who gives a shite," yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he just seems like such a liar. Yeah. And a cheat mm-hmm. and a bullshit person. Mm-hmm. And um and like the way he treated his other teammates, I I don't know, I think I just enjoy that he has to he but you know, he just seems so kind of like, yeah, I did it, right? Okay. Mm, you know, like there's just no sorry, there's nothing. It's yeah. just it's yeah. just, you know, it's just it's just all that. He's just full of shit. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, there's plenty of that. Even egomaniac. I mean, and there's a lot of that. He's just like a rock star. Yeah, you know, yeah, just some asshole rock star. That's it. So. But it is it is kind of like, um, you know, I, I, I look at that and I think, well, how do you resist that? Like, how do you resist not taking drugs if you're an athlete? I mean, I don't I can't resist taking drugs and I'm not an athlete in any oh, way. Oh, I know. I, I can't resist taking what? drugs sitting down. <laughs> I mean, right now I'm like I'm dying because I'm not high. <laughs> but they're, but they're different drugs too. That's that's right. what we got to remember too. Yeah. It's like there are them drugs. It's like yeah, right on. And then them drugs. It's like Stallone, you know, <laughs> Lance Armstrong. It's just if you were on the same drugs as him, you wouldn't be sitting down. You'd be you'd be lifting yeah. this table up over your head. Yeah. Mm. And I, actually, I want to clarify because that's that's a really good point. Because the truth is, I don't really feel like I take drugs because I only smoke pot. Mm-hmm. And that and like you say, mm-hmm. that's just a vegetable. Yeah. So if anything, I'm just taking my vitamins. Right. No, it's true. Well, in pot, like the thing about pot to me, I love marijuana, but it doesn't even really get me that high. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't even really have any kind of, I've been smoking pot for such a long time that that there is no no difference between me being high and not being high. Unless it's a Rice Krispie treat. 
Oh, and then that's too yeah. much. That's then yeah. it's too much. Then I'm just yeah, like that's passed not, out. Yeah, that's different than just smoking a joint. Yeah, then it's just nothing. You know, nothing's going on. But mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's really um, they, there's so little change in me from mm-hmm. like uh, from like marijuana that I, I I question whether or not it's even worth it for me to do it. Oh wow! Yeah, like it's like well, what's the what's I I I can feel that I'm losing yeah. brain cells. Uh-huh. So, uh, but I don't feel the high. Anymore. That's not a good. That's not a good deal. Yeah, I, I sort of don't know exactly what I'm getting out of it. I think I'm just not. I'm not smoking the right pot. That could be. I mean, sometimes you got to just shake it up. But I know you do, though. You I shake do shake it up. it up. But I mean, I have had like quite a lot of experience as a pothead. Yeah, you know, yeah. quite a. I mean, I took I took a good ten year break mm-hmm. in the middle. You know, I stopped smoking pot between twenty five and thirty five. Wow. And now, you know, I'm now I'm kind of like I'm almost gonna be forty five, and I got to mm-hmm. Maybe I need to take another ten years off. I don't see why. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, but I, I get your point, though, because I do. I mean, I've been smoking pot forever as well. And um, I do. F- I feel myself get dumber with every hit. I, re- I could feel it. Mm-hmm. And that is a little scary. And I feel like maybe I should be doing puzzles or <laughs> <laughs> building your brain. Yeah. Sudoku. To, like, but I'm not. But then because I'm such a pothead, I'm not motivated to do the puzzles or the brain teasers. Uh, brain teasers or word search. But, yeah. But that, and that's the thing sometimes I too. I think it depends on the person too. Mm-hmm. Because you always hear about, oh, it you know, makes people creative and creative. I think it makes creative people more creative. Right. And everybody else, it just makes slightly a little bit more insufferable. <laughs> because people I mean, go on and on about it, you know. Do you notice a difference when people are smoking pot? Like you, you definitely can see it, though, can't you? So when people smoke pot and when they don't, oh, absolutely, like, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think there's just there's some of those people who are just genius people that can still produce, mm-hmm. and everyone else is just like you know, just goes a bit off, right? But I mean, my feeling is, you know, if you if you want to keep telling me about how creative people are on weed, I'm going to show you a magical mystery tour. Every single frame, and you got to sit down and watch all of it, and you go, "Okay, well, we'll rethink that." Yeah, yeah. There's moments, there's yeah. moments, but there's a lot of there's a lot of indulgence too. I think. I think so. But you know, but I guess that's the fun of it. I guess. Well, well, sometimes like you can't escape your brain, and that's what's mm-hmm. great about pot is that you can't escape a little bit. Yeah. But then at the same time, like I can't feel the escape anymore. Uh, you see, that's why like, I do it because I, I it quiets the voices, mm-hmm. um, like which I really, really need. I, I need a break from my my craziness, mm-hmm. and um, so that still works for me. So that's why I can't. I I'm like I'm not in a position to give it up yet because then oh I'm gonna go crazy. Yeah, I definitely think alcohol works for me. Yeah, but I also think that um, pot is just something that I've com- like come back to time and time again, mm-hmm. and I, I well, sort it's of always think, there for you. Yeah, hopefully. It's, it's like cornflakes, you know. S- smoke it again for the first time. <laughs> and it probably works, you know. Like Maybe. Have some cornflakes. Maybe it works to have cornflakes. It works to have... It, it works to have that steady kind of constant in your life. And like mm-hmm. pot sort of has been a constant, at least for the f- past like eight years for me now. Mm-hmm. But now I think maybe I need a li- like, little like... I don't know if I can move away from pot and maybe I can rediscover it. Because the best yeah. high I had was after 10 years. Well, Can you imagine af- after 10 years? Yeah. Seriously. It's like the first time. Doing a bong hit after 10 years of not smoking pot. And wow. It was good. I was watching The Office. Wow. The, Rick- the Ricky Gervais one. The, the real wow, office. The, 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 office. You know, one where there's only six episodes yeah. of, or eight, or <laughs> 10, whatever. <laughs> That's the weed talking right there. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, I seven, don't remember. Th- what? Four. 
What are Three. we talking about? What? What was I watching? <laughs> so, but I, I think like maybe, yeah, that, that's the thing. Maybe now, maybe it's like, you know, some people, you know, they get to that thing where they've just had so much that it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have any effect anymore. Yeah. And either you're not getting good stuff or it's just, it's just built up to that point where it is, your body doesn't, your body is telling you like, you know, maybe, maybe that's it for a while. Yeah. yeah. Cool I think out. it's like I've, I've, I've like gotten mm. full up or something that I've, you know, kind of had the it's sort of weed adventures in my life and I don't know mm-hmm. if I can have any more. I don't know. Well, you're giving me a lot to think about. Like, maybe I need to spare, you know, save some uh, brain cells and I, I could, uh, I don't know, it might be a fun challenge for me, just for fun. Well, you might have a bigger brain than me. I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> I well, you were able to, to smoke pot all this time because you haven't yeah. taken a break. You, you. I've No, I've been smoking pot since I was 12. Mm-hmm. And I did take a break in my 20s but because I was partying with other drugs. And then um, that's the only time I took a break. Mm-hmm. And then, but it wasn't like a sober break. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, there, it was, it was just. Was oh, oh. Let's go even further, break, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. let, and then we'll, we'll fall back to weed at some point. Yes. We'll come back and 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 so, like sit down with some weed. That was my <laughs> idea of sobering up. I just decided to quit everything and only do weed, and so. Um, but I do. But there has been a time where I've built a really high tolerance. And then it gets very frustrating because you're smoking and you're smoking and it's like nothing. Yeah, that's the thing is that there is, for, for me, I realize in my head there is no escape. Like mm-hmm. I can't get out. Like yeah. no matter what I do, no matter what I try to do, like whatever drugs I do, mm-hmm. whatever amount of alcohol I drink, I can't get out of here. Uh-huh. So that's the, that, that's the dilemma that I'm facing with drugs and with everything yeah. um, is that there is no escape. You know what that means? You know what you're ready for? What? Propofol. That's what. That's the next level. Propofol. So, oh no. And a, and a dodgy count, doctor. Count backwards from ten. <laughs> is what you're saying. You're saying I need to call Dr. Conrad Murphy. <laughs> is he in, in, is to the he in stand. He's in prison. He's well, yeah, for murder. Oh yeah. Right? I wasn't sure. Like I did it. I'm I'm a half-ass follower mm-hmm. of, of the of the the news. Um, wait. So did he get sentenced to like? Life or 20 no, I years? Think it, or? I, I think it's a pretty substantial sentence. I don't know exactly for how long, but I know that he is in prison. Uh, and a flat out for murder. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Or assisted Manslaughter or, or something like that. Maybe, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's such a harsh story. Although, well, I mean, it is, it is Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know, it, it is, it is his, you know, his, he wanted it, of course. I mean, he hired him, but of course, it's, it's one of those tragic things. You know, you don't know. Well, it, it, it's, it, well it's like... Um, Oh, I don't know. It's like arresting someone's drug dealer. Right. You know, bl- you know. How how um, how much blame do you assign yeah. to the drug dealer? They're they're really there for their own financial gain. Yeah, the drug dealer is just making a living. The junkie, you know, has a need and uh, I don't know. They're in it together. Yeah. But but in this case, this guy's on the payroll. Yeah. And even though Michael's the one that wanted him, everybody wanted somebody to be responsible it's sad I mean, it's a it sad, is sad thing but if you're a doctor you also do um you you take the hippocratic oath and you are um right. there to help people so ultimately doctors have to be held accountable for that exactly yeah you're right you're right i'm, I'm like thinking of him as a like he's just selling crack on the street <laughs> but like no he's an actual doctor well he was he's in the doctor. house he's, he's in the next room yeah. hey he's, ooh, get in here i get get your get your needle t- together the, the only the only funny thing not funny it's not funny because it's tragic but I remember the first anniversary of his death 
and uh, they had to like make rules about people who were going to visit the grave. Mm. And they said there's like going to be no dancing allowed, no music, and no letting off of doves. And I just pictured somebody in the apartment <laughs> going, shit, <laughs> with like cages full. Like, I've been waiting a year. Oh, We've been fuck. practicing. Fucking no du- bullshit. Bullshit. Over the, over the cage. Yeah. <laughs> just throwing the tapestry over the cage. Pissed off. <laughs> Little Victorian cage. Oh, you my know. God. Corey so Feldman th- put his hat back on and moonwalked back to his car. Just quietly. <laughs> Quiet, really quietly, sullenly moonwalked back to Everybody his car. Everybody put their other glove on. <laughs> just, just quietly removing their gloves. Just. Sad. But I mean, it, you know, it was a really, it was a, that whole thing, like when Michael Jackson died, I was so upset and I, I felt so bad for him i mean i felt bad for michael jackson because in the end you you know you sort of fun you know sort of saw like crazy things about his life i really loved his music like mm-hmm. i was an actual fan mm-hmm. of all of his music so it was it was a sad thing to see all that stuff come out about him and this you know in and his his death was really tragic and terrible it was really really sad I um I wasn't a fan of his music. I mean, he lost me after Off the Wall because I I loved Off the Wall. Yeah, so, so cute. cute. And um, but uh, but still, I it, there was like this um, I don't know. It felt like a part of my life died. It, right. it, we just grew up with him, like mm-hmm. just so um culturally part of us. Right. And um, it was just weird. It's the end of an era, and um, but the weirdness of like this sort of like celebrity and I remember um I was at that weird uh video music awards where he was he was just married to Lisa oh, Marie yeah and I was backstage and I had the same manager as him and my manager um was trying to show Michael Jackson how to kiss a girl and he was trying to show uh him at sort of using Lisa Marie as an example and they were both backstage and they were laughing so it was like this weird thing they were like putting this all on and I was kind of in the distant entourage mm-hmm. in the back and just kind of watching it and I'm like we're only here to see the Beastie Boys I don't know what I, I don't <laughs> know what's going on up front but you know we're just kind of watching this sort of, I'm like kind of watching them far away and and Michael Jackson was just like covered in Lisa Marie's lipstick and they were and and Lisa Marie was like they were both like super happy and giggly and laughing wow. but it was all fake you know it was all this yeah. like weird fake showbiz thing that was super strange That's and surreal. super surreal. Surreal. It was really surreal. And so he, she, somebody's back there telling him how to do it, how to kiss Showing her, him how, how to, to kiss her, and how to make it look like they're really into it. And 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 it's you know it's, it's gay guy doing his yeah. gay manager doing it, right? And, <laughs> giving him the instructions. It's like Queen. How do you know? You never done that in your life. Wow. So and, and so you saw them backstage, and were they with? Did they just seem like a couple of like kids hanging out? Yeah, like it was just, all this playtime sort they of. They just almost? seemed like they w- they kind of didn't know each other very well, and they were just. It was their first time to meet, right? Some something like that. They they didn't they didn't really um, they weren't a couple. They were just kind of together, and it was like one of those things where, you know, like when I was younger and I would be around all these like famous people, I would be like, this is so weird, and I you know you kind of you you remem- remember things like that in fragments, and like what is that? What is that about? What is that? What is that happening? Like, what is what is this? It's so surreal to see somebody that famous, like Michael Jackson and and Lisa Marie Presley, and trying to learn how to make out from some queen. 
<laughs> right. I, I mean, you're backstage really seeing showbiz at work, like yeah. these gigantic people, yet somebody's telling them, okay, put on the show. Yeah. Put on the show. And like, let this, let, let this sort of like be this kind of big, massive thing that everybody sees and sort of sees as proof of your relationship, but really it's just false and um, ridiculous And it's thing. so, as strange as that story is, it is such a metaphor for what showbiz really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is just all smoke and mirrors yeah, through and up. through. Everything's just showbiz. Yeah. It's just, what a trip. Do you think he was all about, like, I always felt like some of the weirdness was legitimate and some of it was like, well, this will get me some press. Yeah. Some of this weird behavior. I think, well, that at that point, like, he was really um, trying to get press. You know, with Lisa Marie Presley, that was just a press thing and that he was kind of putting it up to his um, managers and publicists, whatever, Mm -hmm. to kind of decide what the the story was going to be. Wow. I remember um, in 95... I was working in San Diego and I was still living in Texas, but I was getting ready to move to California. And I drove up because I was going to stay with some friends and uh, I called them. I found a payphone and called them because this was back in, you know, the past. Yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly, basically. (laughs) And um, they weren't home. So I I decided to hang out at the the Virgin Megastore on Sunset. Mm -hmm. And I'm up on the top floor in the cassette section. Once again, tells you how, how, how long ago this is. And I'm looking, I'm looking in through stuff, whatever, you know, I just have to be on the top. And I notice all these people are looking in my direction. And I started to get paranoid, like, whatever, what do you think, I'm a shoplifter? Are they, are they, what are they looking at? And I realized behind me, a few feet behind me is Michael Jackson oh, wow. wearing a baseball cap and a, and a surgical mask and just a blazer. He's got one dude with him and he's listening to his album History on mm. the listening stand. Mm-hmm. And like that was his thing. Like I'll just show up at at record stores and listen to my own CD, mm-hmm. and that will create a buzz. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't I'm fir- at first, honestly, I wasn't even sure if it was him or just like some burn victim dude. Oh yeah. I mean, I wasn't sure because yeah. of the mo- you don't because he's yeah, not dressed. Know. He's not wearing the like an old Charlie Chaplin outfit or the right. the weird Beach military jacket. Yeah. Yeah. None of that. He's just yeah. like that dude, and it was just so weird. And then that week, he ended up going to every record store around town listening to his own album right and it was in this it was in the press but it was just so weird to like see him and you go that, yeah it's just it's just odd it's, he's just an really odd, odd person with the face all covered up yeah and you know it's like why is leslie ann down here <laughs> listening to <laughs> what is ann curry doing <laughs> listening to her album because he really just did look like um deborah winger Near the oh end. God. I mean, yeah. Oh, and she's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, but he looked like a beautiful, well-preserved white lady. Oh my! Oh, he was. Yeah, yeah. Towards the end, <laughs> something like you know, like it was just sort of like you know, um, a little pretty white lady. <laughs> he was. He was like a beautiful white woman. Like I, yeah. I was. I was like trying to like figure out like what is he trying to look like Sigourney Weaver. Like, what is he going for? He, he's go- in he's going for a working girl. Like, he's looking He's looking a little bit like, like yeah, either um, maybe Joan Cusack in Working Girls. Like, it's oh kind of like that. Like, what is the face that he's going for? Like, I wasn't sure what, like a beautiful, slightly older white lady. Oh, Sissy Spacek. Kind of Sissy Spacek, kind that, of. It's Sissy Spacek, like nose. Yeah, and... pretty, but white. Like, yeah. pretty white lady. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, well, I don't know. Well, thank you so much. Thank you to our guest, Selene Luna. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you, Jim Short. 
Cheers. I am Margaret Cho, and you are listening to Monsters of Talk. Please come back, and and, um, we'll be back next week with uh, more with Selene Luna. And uh, thank you for listening.